My message to Biden. No way, Jose. The following footage proves beyond any doubt that the tanks intentionally set the house on fire. It proves that the Branch Davidians were murdered. You can see that this tank has a gas jet on the front that shoots fire. You can also see the fire quite plainly. The tank goes into the house twice, and each time as it backs out, the fire at the gas jet is plainly visible. We must all do more to recognize and look for the early warning signals that deeply troubled young people send. Screwed up there, guys, the transition. Hey, what's up, guys? You're watching No Way Jose. You can find us on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major audio podcatchers, and Rumble as well. Today, my guest is BX. Uh, if you guys are watching the 16th, this is a live stream and you are a patron uh if not you're gonna have to wait like a week or so roughly like the rest of the pours uh but if you want to get that stuff early patreon.com no way jose 2020 the lowest levels two bucks go to early episodes uh and the highest levels my sponsors and i read them off every episode i have toad of who's my co-host on tower gang follow him at tower gang toad also have at abrogate d's then kevin b clark a full-time guitarist and private music teacher in the new york area then at z-o-v-e-r-a-c-k then at underscore infinite zeal and Jacob Daniel of the Biblical Anarchy podcast. You can follow him at Biblical Anarchy. I just had an episode of uh, where I was on his show pop. Uh, God, I'm fucking brain fart. I was just on his show recently. He just dropped the episode. So go check that out. I also have Tim Tuttle at Jolly on Klebold. Then at Stinky Sock 420. He's a singer of the Bender Hardcore Band. Uh, yeah, guys, let me know how you like my new intro. That was from Laney. If you guys hadn't heard that, I think I just started using this kind of my default intro when I don't have like a specific theme I'm going with. And intro to go with it so let me know your opinions i'm uh interested to hear what they are i dig it like it's like uh it's like um elevator music that like really slaps but with that let's get bx in here and start shooting the shit what's up bx how you doing hey hey <laughs> a pleasure to have you i feel like it's been a long time coming uh i've kind of always wanted to bring you on for something uh you did this manosphere thing recently so that gave us something to talk about but you've covered a lot of stuff uh i I also, I kind of want you to tell me sort of what you do, because I know you're more Twitch-based, and I'm kind yeah. of like a Luddite, so, like, <laughs> that's foreign to me. And so, like, I, I, like trying to, like, normally I, like, research people when I bring them on the show. I mean, I've followed you on Twitter, but, like, for me, I'm just such a Luddite, I haven't jumped over to Twitch. And I've followed, like, a lot of your stuff and, like, good stuff, but, like, I just don't get Twitch. So explain to me what exactly you do over there. Are you just playing video <laughs> games and talking about conspiracies? What's going on? Yeah. I mean, I, I just play, I play video games or I do art, like I paint and mm -hmm. stuff. And while I rant about like the government and conspiracies and stuff, it's pretty fun. 
Um, but you know, I used to have like a more, like I used to have a YouTube channel that was like pretty legit. Um, but it got torched, um, out of nowhere. Um, what a surprise. Um, and, uh, then I, I have a rumble channel that I swear one day I'm going to start like really building up, but I do, but I do have some videos, um, BX on rumble. Um, so yeah, you can go check out what I've got now. I've got some pretty cool videos up. Um, I'm working on another one to put up on rumble right now too. more polished stuff. Whereas Twitch is just like a live stream where I just bullshit and talk. Okay. Well, you had a pretty sizable following. So I guess I just assumed, I don't understand the format. I know it's video games. That's about all. I, know. I mean, you could but, do yeah. anything. I mean, the only thing that's different with, with the Twitch than YouTube is that you don't like have like videos that you edit and put up. It's all a live stream, but people do mm -hmm. podcasts. People do all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. I mean, I, I could theoretically do that. I mean, I paywall this for people, but it's just a live stream. I don't ever edit. I mean, I've on a handful of occasions I have when there's been something crazy, but yeah, there's no editing in this show, mostly just cause I'm lazy, but, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Were you about to say something? Mm. Oh, you, <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, kind of, what kind of stuff have you been covering, uh, over in your neck of the woods? Like what kind of, what makes you tick? Like if people were to follow your stuff, what would they find? I think I have a good idea, but I'm just, I know manosphere incels, uh, all sorts of, you know, shootings. You, you seem to be covering the spectrum. What, what are, what are your things? Yeah, well, you know, it's been, a, it's more, I think it's better to like discuss my path because it's important to note that I, I started my path and then I ended here. And I think that that's really important to keep in mind because the entire, like I was saying to you earlier, like everything is just inexplicably connected all the time. And it's just so hard to get past the fact that like all of these seemingly unrelated things have all these crossovers, right? And that's really like getting into the core of it. So, um, but when I started, um, I guess before I started looking into, um, this, the shooter stuff, I started looking into mass shootings, you know, um, before that I was, uh, whistleblowing a child predator ring on Twitch, which was massive. And I was talking a lot about Twitch, big tech accountability, or more, more like big tech complicity in, um, just allowing these like giant, massive, um, child exploitation operations to, um, conduct business on their platforms, seemingly immunity. Right. Um, and then, you know, what ended up happening was that, uh, the the child predator ring that I was exposing on Twitch ended up getting boosted to Bloomberg. And then that ended up breaking as um, an expose against Twitch, which revealed that there were 280,000 kids targeted on Twitch with this one ring, um, which was like, you know, 2000 organized criminals. I'm sure it wasn't just like a couple of creeps, you know, it was like an Eastern European, you know, mafia kind of black market deal. So um, that was pretty big deal. It got Twitch in a lot of trouble. Twitch has been in a downward spiral ever since. And part of the reason is because the UK was like, you know, basically slapped them and said, you have to put in all of these fail safes to protect kids. This is unacceptable. And um, they made a lot of really terrible business decisions since then. So Twitch is really not, not doing great. Um, then after that, I started to look in, um, you know, started to look into mass shootings and, um, that's where everything got pretty weird, <laughs> you know? Um, and it progressed from there. Somehow I ended up here at this, uh, DHS, uh, clusterfuck, which is basically just a bunch of grant 
money um, being given to NGOs uh, to censor, surveil, monitor people. Um, and I know that what I broke was very specific to the manosphere, but rest assured, it's happening to everyone. Oh, yeah. um, that was just the, the reason that I harped on that particular grant. And this wasn't the first time I, I tried to expose it either. I'd been trying to expose this entire grant program for what it was doing. Um, but the, I lucked out and that I found the grant that actually was naming, I found a report kind of hidden on a Google drive that was actually naming names of Manosphere figures. And that's where I was able to be like, Hey, oh, Rolo, look at this. Your name is here. And then he helped me kind of get that out. So, um, but it's just weird that it led me there. You know, obviously I was looking into the incels because of their connection to mass shootings. Um, and, uh, what I found was, um, was alarming and spooky and, what's going on you know what's yeah, happening I here think, yeah. yeah for sure this stuff does all interconnect and i guess well, a good spot to start with is probably the manosphere and, I, and all this stuff in my head is i'm seeing all the connections already but uh just kind of give a rundown it sounds to me like they're trying to almost create their own like harry sissons or whoever the hell's of their own like to counteract the the manosphere with all this grant money is that is that what i'm understanding what's a harry sisson i don't really understand <laughs> it's, a, it's the first name that came to my mind uh you know those like you always see those like specifically you know it's probably like i know some more like four months ago or so maybe a little bit more were like specifically uh democratic influencers but like oh those fake takes. accounts well, they, yeah. they were like, but then you find out that they were or like, like completely prop. Yeah, they were completely yeah. propped up and you yeah. were getting paid tons of money to just make TikTok, viral TikToks and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's, yeah. Because I'm just kind of curious, what is, I guess to sum it up a little bit, you're saying that these there, there's certain organizations that's getting grant money to essentially combat the manosphere guys uh, or people, because I guess yeah. people and other chicks right. are included there as well. Uh, but I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out what is even what is even the game here? Are they, how are they trying to take them down? I guess back up a little yeah. bit and give the other people a summary. I kind of gave a disjointed summary. Yeah, there. I can give a summary <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, um, when I started to look into the incel movement, um, I the reason I started looking into it was because I had um, kind of informally met a person online. She was running a podcast for incels. Um, and I was very interested in her research in the um, in the manosphere community and, uh, or not, sorry, in the incel community, right? She was very specifically in this incel community. And I didn't really know what incels were at the time. I just thought it was like an insult that you said to a guy online. I didn't really, I think most people feel that way, right? This is when I started to realize, no, there's a, a forum, like a website, like a chat room, right? And it's specifically for incels. And this is what seems to be the source of the terrorism, Okay. And it's important because all of this DHS grant money, all of this stuff is like, you know, based on incels as a terror threat, but incels in general are not really a terror threat, but this one group seems to be one. I mean, I went and looked around, you know, took a peek and was like, what the fuck is happening in here? I mean, people are grooming, very specifically grooming individuals to become mass shooters. When I say that they're doing that, what I mean is like they're individually targeting people in there who say, man, I sure hate my high school. Everybody bullies me. And then you get these accounts that aren't it's not like just like, oh, we can't moderate everything. No, I mean, like these accounts have like hundreds of thousands of posts and have been there for four or five years. Right. Um, and they're saying, hey, you know what you should go do? You should 
go ER on the school, which is ER is short for Elliot Roger. So like that's their little slang for, you know, commit a shooting. And so when I saw this happening, I mean, I didn't just like giving gun advice and like all the stuff that was, you know, in my head as looking into mass shootings. Well, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is it. When you see, oh, they were in a chat room and blah, blah, blah. That's the, this is one of them. I know, I now know, I now know there are many. And another thing that happens is like, I think that these bigger, more public forums act as like a selection pool um, because after that, they target them individually. DMs, like they're trying to get them into a Discord server, trying to get them onto Telegram where they can more individually target them, right? Yeah. It's, so I started uh, wondering Ken's, like... Oh, sorry. I, mean, okay. <laughs> I was just saying this is, that's kind of similar to Ken's theory to what he thinks Patriot Front is, where that's kind of like where they hang out when they're just kind of getting... And then they pull, that's like a feeder group for yeah, other, this other is, fed groups, kind of this some, is, something similar like that. This is a very common strategy. This is mm -hmm. the strategy. It happens with every group that does any kind of grooming or indoctrination or radicalization. And, you know, if you want to play, you know, if you want to, you'd want to just make the argument that, hey, ISIS did this. This was uh, this was the ISIS recruiting tactic, right? This was like the gold standard. ISIS basically were the ones who really took rad online radicalization to the next level, Right. Um, and so now it's like all these groups know it works. And so that's the formula you follow. Yes, they find a vulnerable person. They lure them into a private, more private setting, and then they brainwash them. I mean, they're brainwashing them. Um, and, uh, you know, you, I've compared this a lot to child grooming. You know, like if you if you can like the, what child groomers do, like what I've seen in my work in child advocacy is they they get a huge number of kids, as many kids as they can, and they start, you know, chatting with all of them and, and they pick out the ones that don't have parents, that complain about school, the ones that seem to be troubled, the ones that don't have supervision, right? And they select those kids because those are the ones they know are going to be easier to convince to do whatever fucked up shit they want to do, right? So it's the same thing. These people are very exploitive. They're, they're predators. They're very good at um, finding people who are vulnerable. And in the incel community, what this usually means is young, troubled, um, awkward, autistic, neurodivergent, um, mentally ill, all of these types of people are what they are just honing in on, right? Um, because it's way more easy to convince those types of people, um, you know, just like indoctrinating somebody into a cult. You notice that most of them have like previous trauma. They all kind of have similarities that led them to be exploited, right? So they're vulnerable people. Um, and um, so, yeah, but when you look at the bigger picture, um, you know, you do start to see that common theme with like a lot of different groups. Yeah. I mean, and cults, honestly, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I found my way in there and what I saw, you know, was really alarming. I ended up finding out this woman who I'd been talking to. She worked for one of these NGOs. Um, so there's all of these NGOs that kind of like um, cir cir uh, like circle around these groups. Incel is just a very, very easy, good example because you can see it, right? Um, but I'm sure it happens with all sorts of groups. But these NGOs, they're paid by, by government counterterrorism agencies mostly um, to monitor, surveil, and act as like threat assessors. And they have, they operate what's called like fusion centers, where basically these threat assessors then go and they network with the police and mental health with first responders and all these types of people. So they can prevent like a, what the DHS calls a resiliency network, which would be like, hey, we're going to try to identify these people before they become a problem and give them help. But the problem is that 
There is no transparency to any of this. So it's not like you can just read a report and be like, yeah, here's some case, here's some anonymous case studies where we've helped a person and taken them and got them mental health and treatment. All you hear are just like these people from the forum or, or like, you know, words, um, you know, through the grapevine, so-and-so got a knock on their door. Now they're gone. Right. Or so-and-so went on a mass shooting. What happened there? Whoops. You missed one. Right. And mm -hmm. so the, the point is that you've got this place that they're just allowing to continue to exist where all of these things are happening in plain sight. And then they're going, yeah, we're doing such a good thing here. Oh, we're really helping these guys. Oh, we're, we're finding the ones and we're, we're helping them. Why did you let them go in there in the first place? Why aren't we protecting these people from these exploited predators, these terrorists? I mean, these people are terrorists. When I, when I say terrorists, I'm not talking about like, you know, like the hysterical left, like definition of, I'm talking about ISIS. There's members of ISIS in there um, and they're they're luring them into discord servers and they're linking them to ISIS recruitment websites. I mean, um, and what's really funny is like, you know, I've obviously I've been attacked by these these the owners of this forum because I know who they are. And, um, you know, I've 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 poked at them a lot on Twitter. Right. Come on. I'm pretty hard. And um, like, you know, they will tell me, well, oh, she's being hysterical. It's all just shit posting. They're just kidding. I'm like. They're leading people to the ISIS recruitment page. Like it's functionally indistinguishable, right? From terrorism. Um, but they'll try to claim that it's all just a big joke and they're trying to trigger the normies. And, um, you know, that's another way that they kind of try to say, oh, haha, -ha, you're just getting fooled by a prank. But what we saw from this ISIS watchdog page, um, they had produced, uh, they produced a report that showed that there were 5,000 site visits from the incel forum to the uh, the main ISIS recruitment page in a three month span. But this is a lot, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of traffic being driven there, right? And it's not going the other way. So it's not like ISIS is interested in incels. And ISIS is in there and they're leading incels there because they know that these guys are vulnerable. They know that they're easy, easy targets for extremists, right? And mm -hmm. they're convincing them to commit terror attacks. Um, and you're seeing the output of this on the news. You just you're not seeing this, which is the input, but you're seeing the output where they go, oh, we're so great. We just we just stopped a 16 year old ISIS member in Las Vegas from committing a shooting. Aren't we awesome? Well, I, I have questions like how did a 16 year old kid in Las Vegas become radicalized with, you know, into ISIS? How did that happen, guys? Like, yeah. did you how long did you watch this kid? get radicalized and not step in, not do anything about it. You know, yeah. where are the people who indoctrinated him and why aren't they in jail? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it seems like half the time it's not even an ISIS individual in cases like these. It <laughs> makes you wonder who really who really is pulling the strings. But I mean, I don't know, to be fair, it could be ISIS in a lot of these occasions. But uh, yeah, sorry, I'll let you go on to, again to how yeah. this uh, affects the, the money wise when it comes to the yeah, yeah. and such. Well, and, and to your point, I'm just using ISIS because it's a really easy example. Um, yeah. But on this on this website, we have um, national socialists. You know, we have neo-Nazis. We have Eastern European neo-Nazis, like the bad ones, right? Like not the not the edgelords here that we have in the States, but like sinister bad types. Um, we've audience, got, they're all going, yeah, fed, fed, fed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've, yeah, you're going to keep saying it right now because we've also got this spooky satanic neo-Nazi cult order of nine angles in there mm -hmm. dicking around, trying to get kids into discord servers, trying to get kids to commit ritual murders, ritual suicide. 
um, under the guise of Satanism. So it's very sinister. Um, and there's a lot of different terrorists. There's, I've, I found Mexican cartels in there recruiting. I mean, it's just really bizarre. Um, and, um, but yeah, that it does raise a lot of questions and your chat would be right to be asking that question because, um, you know, at this point we have a lot of evidence that there are a lot of feds in there tinkering around and we, you know, we haven't gotten any answer, uh, to our questions about it. Right. We haven't heard them say, oh, we can explain that it's because of this. We're not getting any of that. We have tons of evidence that they're there but no reciprocal kind of pushback. So there's no reason not to believe that. Um, <clears throat> and when you start to look at the money flow, which is kind of where I got into these grants, it's um, the DHS Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant, the TVTP grant program. You can go look it up. Um, <clears throat> man, this weather is like killing my throat, dude. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to the TV, the DHS uh, TP, TVTP page, you can now see, because of a FOIA release, um, a dump, whole dump of, of grant awards. And I every single one that you read has something that you're going to be like, mm, I got questions about it, right? Like, mm, this doesn't seem so good. Um, and if you're really interested in, in, in doing more research into that, um, you should look up that program. There's um, a lot of articles and resources from the Brennan Center for Justice. Um, it's a New York law firm that has been attacking this program for decades. I mean, well, like over a decade since Obama um, first instituted the program. Um, basically, what it is, is a grant program that's operated by DHS. Um, Congress funds with anywhere from 10 to 20 million dollars a year uh, to give to these NGOs, non-government organizations, right, um, to basically... Um, you know, study and monitor and, uh, you know, form these resiliency networks, which are really just surveillance machines for the state. So what mm -hmm. the fusion centers do, what they claim to do is, um, you know, uh, connect law enforcement, local law enforcement with federal law enforcement and also mental health resources. But the key is the federal law enforcement, because what it does is it provides a shortcut um, for the feds to basically have more authority over local investigations. And I really do think that that's the key there, right? Because what you end up having is data collection. A lot of, um, of these programs are uh, AI, AI monitoring and scraping and surveillance of, of words related to generalized extremist movements, which as you see, includes the manosphere, which is bizarre. Um, it also includes um, what they call anti-government, uh, anti-government movements. And they've defined this as people, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but I posted <laughs> it on Twitter. The definition was, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was um, people who generally believe that the government is tyrannical and infringes too much on personal freedoms. That was the McCain Institute definition for an extremist, anti-government extremist. I'm like, bro, like that's, all of us, right? Like we, that means yeah. that if you criticize this program as being tyrannical or infringing on rights, you're a terrorist by the definition of the program. So it's yeah. pretty silly. Um, and, and it's, it's almost like you have to laugh because it's so absurd, right? Because, uh, right here you have anti-government movements, ISIS, and then the manosphere. And you're like, these things, one of these things is not like the other, right? One of these mm -hmm. is a, as a giant, uh, foreign terror organization and the other one is just a group of dudes who whine about women online. Yeah. 
right? They're not coordinating terror attacks. There's no money flow. There's no organization. Um, and so what I found with that is that, you know, they're using the incel violence and they're conflating it with the greater manosphere. So you've got these, the manosphere, if you don't know what it is, neither do I, nobody knows what it is. Okay. <laughs> nobody knows what the red pill means. It's, it's all a psyop in my opinion, but you know, you've got some of these guys like Rolo Tomasi who've been around for years doing like pickup artist stuff, right? Men are from Venus and women or whatever it is. Women are from Venus and men are from Mars, right? That kind of it's shit. It's just dudes that figured out how to get laid a bunch of times and think they cracked the code or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a secret but, to a great life, but, you I know, guess. Right. And now there's some really, like, in my opinion, toxic assholes like Andrew yeah. Tate out there, right? Um, but he's relatively new, whereas people like Rolo have been doing this for a really long time. And, like, in my opinion, his content's not nearly... I mean, I don't agree with everything he says, but I mean, that kind of show just made me go, huh, you know, it's not like, whoa, what are you, what are you getting at here? Why are you trying to lower the age of consent here, bro? Because I see that a lot with some of these newer kind of plants, in my opinion, but I digress. So the manosphere in general, right, they're trying to say that it leads to incels. So they, mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to say that, oh, the manosphere is creating incels. Therefore, instead of targeting this big terrorist forum that we could easily target. No, no, no. We're going to target this broad, sweeping, general, uh, you know, segment of the public who have not broken any laws. They've not expressed any intention to be violent. They've not um, broken any terms of services on any social media platforms even, right? And they're saying these people are extremists because they lead to these violent people over here. Well, think about this in the terms of the other terror threats like anti-government movements so you see that the precedent they're setting there is like well you know who kind of starts these anti-government extremists all these people who talk about the oklahoma city bombing they're really suspicious i'm mean, that's how this guy started the guy you know the guy who blew his house up in virginia mm -hmm. they were really quick to be like anti-government extremists over here right and then you're like well mm -hmm. here we go they're gonna start saying now Oh, I see. He was kind of, you know, into these government conspiracy theories. And this is how they get in and they attack you and I. And they say, you're we're extremists now because this guy blew up his house. So that's the ultimate goal. Um, I think there's layers to the goal. I mean, obviously, there's these feminists who just want to censor the manosphere because they don't like them. Um, yeah. But that's a very superficial layer. And that's unfortunately, that's the one that I've seen all of the manosphere podcast talking about they're like well, that's the matrix attacking us it's proof that they hate men and i'm like really what this yeah. is is like the person and i and i already put this out too. this information that the person who had uh assembled the team of feminists who are really annoying and just want to censor people right but the person actually behind it now he's a congressman uh congressional candidate in new jersey and he's gone on the record to say that his goal is to expand the definition of terrorism to include those pesky January 6th insurrectionists. They're all terrorists now. Uh, because He's mad that they're not considered terrorists. So his goal is to mm. expand the definition of terrorism to include all sorts of different things, which is very dangerous. Because what that does, they use that to justify surveillance, monitoring, censorship, sending you to fucking jail, you know, like crazy yeah. shit. And then, so, um, oh, yeah. Sorry, go uh, oh, I was, I was just going to say. Go ahead. You can finish that. 
Yeah, yeah. So so this guy, you know, that's what my whole thing was like. That was this guy's goal. His goal is to expand definition of terrorism. And he also specifically said that he wanted to use NGOs to do that because he said, well, people don't trust the government. So we're going to use NGOs to basically circumvent our legal authority. Right. And he wanted to coerce. He said he wants to coerce big tech to implement favorable policies to them. So that's that's the big picture. Um, and then you have the, yeah. the military co industrial complex kind of parallel where like people are just making money to keep terrorism going. They don't want to stop terrorism because they need to stop yeah. making money. So there's a few different kind of layers so, to it. So their, their theory is that individuals engaging in manosphere content will what become more embroiled in their incelism. Is, is, is that roughly what you, I'm getting from this? Cause that it seems it's nonsense. To be, yeah. It's kind of nonsense. Yeah. And cause I mean, looking at this from like a big picture thing and it's maybe kind of a crude way to put it, but like, the general archetype of what the manosphere is promoting. I do think they are flawed and stupid in a lot of ways, generally speaking, but I'd say generally it's better than an incel because at least like as a man, you've, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I think like kind of what the manosphere represents is like man going out and doing what they perceive as man sh shit and like, yeah. but it's kind of like an unbridled form of it. That's going to eventually lead to you probably being lonely and upset anyways, and not going to yeah. want, but at least you're somewhat embracing your masculinity yeah. as, a, as an incel. It's like the opposite, you know, you're yeah. just like kind of a sad, pathetic. Yeah. Thing. The black so, at least as a, so yeah. So like, don't be wrong. I'm not saying, I think if you, you stop, if you do, if you are someone who got like radicalized, be more masculine by manosphere content, you know, more power to you. I would just yeah. say like, I don't know, maybe think a little deeper. Uh, I mean, like there's more to it than that. Like, yeah, I know it's kind of the vibe is, Oh, women are bitches and hoes. And, treat women like shit and just bang everyone and it's like don't get married don't love your kids just it's always the most insane fucking shit you're coming you're, you hear from them and you're like yeah well what the fuck you know, but, i mean i and that's yeah. kind of the rabbit hole that i fell down too um mm -hmm. which was dismantling who's behind because in my opinion a lot of this is uh, is ops the influence operation um, which is just a type of psyop, basically, right? Where you have a pri either a private party or you have a political group or you have an entire fucking country, right? Uh, or an entire, you know, a terrorist organization who has a lot of money to pay, um, you know, uh, media firms and, um, you know, public relations firms to manipulate the platform for these specific creators who they sign contracts with. And then pay them a lot of money to basically manage their presence. So somebody like Pearl Davis and what I, this is just what I've kind of, the conclusions that I've come to based on a lot of research, right? People like Pearl Davis, um, they are managed by handlers, you know, you call, I mean, that's something that I think your, your audience will resonate with, right? But you could also call them like PR representatives, right? They've got a, a firm behind them who are saying, you're going to, you need to start tweeting something more about this. You need to focus on this angle, focus here. And we're going to make the tweets for you. And we're going to post them at this time, this time, and this time. So that we can peak engagement. We're going to boost you with bot farms, right? So that's kind of what's happening when you see these people going viral with these rage bait accounts. And the other thing that they're doing is, um, you know, this, the, the field of cybernetics, which is basically that your activity online is, it's not just your data that's a commodity anymore, it's your activity and your opinions online. 
So if they put out a tweet that says something inflammatory, they're actually gauging how people are responding to it and kind of tinkering and, and mod moderating it to say, mm, no, dial it back down here and dial it up here and see what happens, right? They're testing the waters so that they can be more efficient in putting these kind of messages out. And unfortunately, the first thing that I noticed with Pearl was that she was pushing for like the same thing that I think you kind of brought up, which is like, you know what? You all need to be finding virgins. Virgins are like what you need to find. And young women, look how ugly old women are. They're they're useless and their eggs are all dried up and like young, young. And I'm like, how young are we talking here? Who's behind the curtain? Let's pull the mask off this thing. Like what's, what is this, right? Why are you pushing for this like lower and lower age of, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird, you know, and you know, the other thing that they're pushing for is women covering up covering up. I'm not talking about like, you know, just wearing normal clothes and not being an OnlyFans. I'm talking about like, I need shit. to be in a turtleneck right now. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah. what are we pushing for? We're pushing for women to be completely covered from head to toe. And we're pushing for men to basically seek out virgins to obey them and be their housewives. And like, what does that sound like? Let's really talk about it. Yeah. You know? And so then I started to find that a lot of the people related to that sphere were getting paid by people in the Middle East. And that's as far as I kind of got, because I'm not, you know, I don't really have the resources to look into it anymore, but it really makes you think like, who's behind these narratives, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, I, it, I mean I'm sure we could keep digging deeper and deeper, but it, it is weird with the manosphere thing. It is just, just, I feel like to some extent, kind of what you're describing is I feel like maybe they've kind of created this little honeypot for incels and they don't like it getting disrupted. And that, but that doesn't mean there aren't other ops going on within the manosphere itself. Mm. Uh, but I do think, I think to some extent, the manosphere itself kind of blew up, at least more recently, and kind of in response to this like neuterized man that we've created, because it's kind of this over exaggerated response. And I mean, hopefully it'll peter out, but it's like that now the, the NGOs come out to try to fight that somewhat. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I like I'm not at all trying to say the manosphere is great. But I do think to some extent it is like kind of embodying like a neutered form of man that's been pushed down in modern times somewhat. Sure, the pendulum uh, swing, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. so I, I think to some extent this is men who never really had their like, you know, 16 to 24 age of young, dumb and full of cum now finally mm -hmm. like embracing <laughs> that and going nuts with it. So like, you know, but, it, that's a good point. You know, I think yeah. that ultimately... It, there's no just like easy answer. People really want there to be a really easy, simple, oh, the deep state. Oh, it's yeah. the, all the feds, but it's really not. It's a combination of, of various competing interests and they're competing for control of, of your brain, right? Because it's all a big advertising tool now, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what you have with like the manosphere, for example, it's like the chicken or the egg. Right. Is this like a, an example of like a Hegelian dialectic where we create a problem, provide a solution for it? Right. You create a terrorist and then, oh, now we need to research the terrorists and, and find out where they start and censor and surveil and expand the, the surveillance state. Yes, it is that. Is every single aspect of it that? No, you've also got opportunists who go, oh, you know what? People are tired of feminism. You know what we can do? We can seize on this market opportunity to sell books and, and you know, podcasts and make money, make a lot of money off of this, this trend that people are, are having. So really it's all exploitive and bad and we should all just fucking turn our TVs off. But anyways, um, yeah. you know, 
it's a mix of, of all of these things. And it's, but all of it's just very exploitive. I think it's all a psyop yeah. at this point. Oh yeah. Everything's a psyop. Um, all right. I guess we'll kind of hone in a little bit on that incel, uh, you know, kind of area, that sphere, uh, kind of, let's talk about the mass shooting. I know recently you put out a series of tweets that irritate a lot of people. Cause I know the, the kind of the go-to generic conservative response of mass shootings is, or one of them, I guess it's almost like slightly more based than the generic uh, or not Coomer, but boomer, uh, <laughs> boomer, um, the take on mass shooting is it's, oh, it's the SSRIs. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm someone who's very, I'm very wary of any sort of meds. I'm the kind of guy that I don't take anything until my wife bitches at me to take it. Uh, cause she's like, you're sick. You need to take some meds. I'm, I'm not a meds kind of guy. And I, I'm generally don't think that's probably a good thing, but I'm a doctor. I'm sure there's probably isolated cases where it is, but it is, I mean, I know from my, uh, looking into like MK ultra and stuff, uh, you know, on a few rabbit holes I've been on, that is a common drugs are a common factor. So it would be silly if we didn't recognize that. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious, you've, I guess, kind of done the legwork and looked through a shitload of mass shooting data. So I was kind of curious, like, what are your highlights? What are the common things and how common is this SSRI myth? And, uh, yeah. I still think it probably is some component to this larger <laughs> puzzle, but I, I don't think it's probably the component that some people want it to be. Well, yeah. And you know, what's interesting is like when I started doing this like project on mass shootings and I started to really like look, look into all of this stuff. Right. Um, I was almost just under the assumption that that was going to be a key contributor because of how, um, like fervently this this is like perpetuated to us all the time right it's something that's just always comes up so you assume well there's gotta be some truth to it right because all these people are yapping about it right but the more i looked into it the more i started to realize like yeah we don't actually have any evidence of this at all and before people are like gonna be like well that's because they cover it up and that's because there's you know there's no there's no records for this and that well it's like yeah okay that's that's true to a large extent we don't actually have a lot of those records and that's why you know, people like me and like, you know, a lot of people that I work with, we push for that transparency. We push for those FOIAs because we want to know. However, it's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the left, the, you know, the left seizing on guns, right? Everyone's trying to find a reason for it, something that they can, um, that they can bank on. And nobody's talking about what, in my opinion, is the real cause of a lot of these, um, which is that people are straight up being individually indoctrinated and groomed to be shooters. I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it personally. I know it's happening. So, um, you know, I think that we should probably just talk about that, but it always gets drowned out by these, these narratives, these agendas that people are pushing. So I was very surprised to find, um, you know, and I, and I have a, a, a research database of like almost 200 mass shootings that have occurred since 1965 with the 66, since the, the UT clock, the UT clock tower, right? Charles Whitman. Um, and, um, obviously back then people weren't on as many, and it was many drugs. Right. But, um, you know, I took a database of, of these, um, these shooters and I really just did fact check all of them back through 2018. And when I say mass shooters, I'm using a very specific definition of that, even more specific than most of them use. I'm using, um, I, I'm not really paying attention to how many people were killed. Cause I don't really think that's an issue because if they got stopped before that, that doesn't make it any less significant of what was, what, where they were and what they were doing. Right. 
Um, so for me, I took this database and I kind of filtered out ones that I didn't think fit the criteria. For example, they were domestic incidences or they were gang related. Um, and I added a couple that didn't quite meet the threshold of number of people killed, um, like the Gilroy Garlic Festival. It's a very important one. Um, the, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting, very important one, right? That's being left out because it didn't quite hit that threshold. So anyways, I had this huge database and I started painstakingly going through and just researching it and trying to find out a couple of like annoying ones. Like I hear the one that's like, oh, they didn't have a father figure. Their parents are divorced at a single mom. Also very unusual. Surprisingly, most of them, like, I mean, probably like 70% were married, had married parents. Um, you know, and, and to me that that's kind of like where I, where I throw the reverse, you know, card and I go, well, actually it looks like most of them had married parents. So would you say that that's more of a factor? Do you think now, are you going to change your position to say, actually married parents cause mass shootings? They're gonna be like, no, that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, it's ridiculous either way, because you're trying to conflate correlation with causation when it's just, that's not a reasonable way to look at things. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I saw all of this data with the SSRIs and I started to notice that very, very few um, were actually on SSRIs. In fact, very few were on psychiatric drugs at all. And that to me was very significant because when you really start to individually research these events, you research the person, see what's going on. And like you read all of the statements by their parents. Um, you know, some of them had very long histories of psychiatric problems. Some of them were just ticking time bombs where people were like, yeah, no shit, that guy, you know, we are, we already knew that. Like with, um, Robert Card, who is one of them that I see people trying to use as an example of SSRIs. In fact, he was never on, um, he was hospitalized for like two weeks uh, against his will, like, you know, maybe six or seven months prior to the shooting. But that was his only psychiatric help and he refused the, treatment. the main shooter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He so he refused treatment. Shit, yeah, yeah. He was, <laughs> it, you know, in fact, that one is like, why aren't we talking about the police's, the police accountability here because his family, his friends, and everyone in the town were like, this guy keeps talking about shooting places up. You have to do something about it. So the cops actually asked his brother, hey, can you like go take his guns away, please? And he's like, okay, fine. So he goes and takes them, but I guess he didn't get all of them, right? The police were afraid to go up there. The, the police were afraid of him. Um, so they basically just like let this happen, right? This guy wasn't on drugs. He was hospitalized because he was talking about shooting people. Um, and so to say that this is caused by SSRIs is absurd. Really looks like he needed to be on medication, right? He's hearing voices. I think it's a really weird place that we're in right now where people go, um, oh, the Aurora, Colorado shooter, right? It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, he was he went to a psychiatrist right before the shooting because he was thinking about killing people three or four times a day. This is what was in the psychiatrist statement. Like he came to me saying he he was thinking about killing people three to four times a day. So yeah, I put him on psychiatric drugs. And then when he goes and commits the shooting, people go, oh, it was the drugs. It's like, <laughs> like he went there thinking about shooting people, right? So it's really weird to me that it's this logical fallacy. And, they're, and the, the data that they're producing is largely incorrect. Like I think that the post you're talking about was was based on that, right? Because there was like this post with like a, a picture of all these people that had gone on shootings that were on SSRIs and I debunked half of them. Like Cho was not on drugs. In fact, that was a huge, there was like a huge, like, um, I guess a hearing about that. Why wasn't he on drugs? Because there were all these, you know, chances to put him on medications or hospitalize him that it failed. 
but they're listing him on that is like, oh yeah, he was on SSRIs because he was on them for like two months in the eighth grade. So like they're including people who were on SSRIs 10 years ago, right? Which is kind of silly. Um, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of, it's not just that like, there's no real, there's no correlation because there's not. In fact, the vast majority of them had signs of psychosis, but were not on any kind of medications, which makes you wonder if they should have been. That's, that's where my mind goes, right? Because that's the yeah. logical, that's the logical conclusion. Um, but then I start seeing like all of this disinformation cranked out where they're just lying to you and saying that these people were on SSRIs when they objectively were not. That really makes me wonder what the intention of, the, of those people are. And when, sure enough, when you trace that particular post back, the person who wrote that article has an entire website devoted to holistic healing. He wants to sell you vitamins. Um, so, of course, he wants to convince you that, you know, so there is like, you know, this. I guess, I don't think that's the majority of people, but sometimes that's all it takes to get these disinformation um, campaigns off the ground. And when you trace it back, you find out somebody's just pulling a fast one on you. Yeah. So what's the, what's the common thing is the ELF waves. Is that what we're seeing across every one of them? Uh, you probably haven't heard of ELF. I think it's like the frequency. You, you, no, you, I have. Have down it. that rabbit hole yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have. Yeah, no, that, I, it's, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, well, I did whenever I, um, I went down the Travis Scott Astroworld rabbit hole, which is like, I mm -hmm. can't come back from that one. That one was too much, man. Okay. Like yeah, I haven't gone down that one. <laughs> oh shit. The, I mean, the connections to like the Marina Abramovich lady and the Satanist like symbolism everywhere, which is like so in your face and obvious. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently Travis, Adam, I think Adam Lanza, Adam Lanza. Yeah. How, how, I think he was, he had reported hearing like a hum that was driving him nuts for yeah. a while or some shit like that. And yeah. that's obviously that's common among other ones. And, but then yeah. you look into, uh, some of the old, uh, declassified stuff, our fed boys were looking into like, like sciencey stuff. There was a lot of, a lot of research into like, uh, yeah. you know, different, what they can do to sure. brains with different types of tech or radiate or not radiation, but like, uh, waves of some sort. Yeah. I don't know how true any of that is. That's all above I my think head. It's I mean, it's documented in yeah. old, you know, CIA records and stuff. Um, but at Astroworld, so it turned out that Travis Scott used something called infrasound, which is like a, a frequency that's below the frequency that humans can hear, like elephants can hear it and stuff. So it can cause uh, animals to disperse. And they used to use it in, in like the Middle East uh, for crowd control. They would play this infrasound. It would make people unsettled and anxious and want to just disperse. Well, they started using it in like horror movies, like Paranormal Activity was one where they used infrasound, but they found that people didn't like it. Like people would just leave the theater without knowing why they just didn't like it. Um, but it's like you're, you're subconsciously, you notice it, but like your conscious mind doesn't register it. Right. So apparently Travis Scott had a thing for playing infrasound for like hours before his show. And people had these TikTok videos, like this strange noise has been playing like for like hours leading up is really bothering us. And the crowd's really antsy and it's the crowd's more antsy than normal. And that's what led to that crowd crush scenario where all those people died. And you're like, what the fuck is even happening, man? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that sort of stuff, those rabbit holes make you really schizo. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll be sitting at home and I'll hear like a whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, that's just a fan. Oh, it's that B2K. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
All right, let's. Uh, I want to talk about you. One thing uh, you brought up to me, and I think you've you've kind of been looking into this recently, and you mentioned it just a little bit ago. The ties with the satanic group and the whole J six stuff. I I remember uh, Ken Silva. I don't remember if we talked about it on my show or if he he just sent uh, one of his articles he wrote. But I remember because uh, he's been on quite a few times. But uh, I remember he covered that, and for some reason I want to say it came up in my Kyle Seraphim uh, uh, interview, but it's been oh, really? so long since I've gone to it. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Uh, I Actually, I thought you mentioned it did, or maybe it just had you thinking um, about it. I think that Ken Silva's article mentioned your interview with Kyle Seraphim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That, that's, that makes sense, yeah, because then he was kind of tying that. I forget the specifics of that. But yeah, no, it's been uh, so long since I've like really dug into that. So let's kind of reopen that because I, I think you, you've kind of been digging into it. And I'm just, it's still a story that like I scratch my head at because like this one I do, I, I struggle to see the connections, I guess. Because it's just, yeah. I, I know, because I know it seems like in every conspiracy, like you get, you get like feds, you dig a little bit deeper and then you might see some satanic stuff, maybe some child mm-hmm. trafficking and but like it's weird for me with this J six one that the satanic uh, like already reared its head this yeah. low 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 yeah. level uh, or maybe we got a peek behind the curtain I'm not sure uh, you want to yeah. give a summary of kind of what I'm talking about here uh, and then we'll kind of talk about it because it, it's just yeah it's still it's still weird I still scratch my head I'm it's like, really hard to understand what do I make of all this yeah <laughs> like, and I'm actually making a video about it right now to try to try to put it out there better I wasn't really sure what to do with that information when I got it so I gave it kind of gave it to Ken and was like let's see what happens but um you know once you see the satanic stuff you really do see it everywhere you can't unsee it and but in order to get to that level where you see it everywhere you have to kind of you have to go down the path that I I've been down which is to see a lot of weird occult shit going on and a lot of these people these provocateurs they're um they're dark they're occultists it sounds crazy but they are they're, um, you know, the, the goals for them aren't to like ritually sacrifice people. The goals for them are to deceive, manipulate and trick people. And that's that's their their primary objective is to deceive, manipulate, trick. Um, and, um, you know, if they can get other people to do evil things for them, that's like they're a huge boost of confidence. That's what they're really going for. Um, so once you start to kind of see that and see their little tactics, like their little quirky um, things that they do, you see it everywhere, but that that takes a, a tremendous amount of digging to get there. Um, so for what I found, it was when I was looking into the incel stuff. Um, uh, the woman who I mentioned earlier, she had mentioned a her friend Jade, um, and I was at the time I was looking into Highland Park mass shooting, which is that's the kid who was at the Fourth of July parade. Robert Cremo, he was awake the rapper. He had all this cringe rap videos. Well, what they didn't really talk about was that he had put together an alternate reality game and it had all led to this manifesto, this uh, manuscript uh, document called Arcturus that was 27 pages of numbers. And the alternate reality game was set up so that you could decrypt the manifesto, which nobody has done. Um, But at the time, um, I had mentioned it to this woman and she was like, oh, my God, my friend Jade is also looking into this. And we were sharing research. Not knowing she was a fed. I found out later. Well, I found out later, um, you know, after I kind of figured out who she was, who this, you know, person, this podcaster was, then I was started to be like, who the hell is Jade? Like, who is this person? Like, what, who is this? She was sharing all this information with. Well, then I ended up finding um, out that that person was a, a woman named Jade Parker. She was a JSOC 
military intelligence contractor with a very high clearance level who had worked um, conducting cyber ops against ISIS. And she had been most recently looking into the alt-right um, and this rise in this like aesthetic-based terrorism. You might kind of know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? Skull masks, um, you know, fash wave, uh, all the of cool the- cool Stalingrad thing that spins yeah, with the, Black with the sun. wave music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she'd been looking into that recently. And so when I found out that this person was like a military intelligence contractor, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I was just sharing my mass shooting research with this person. Like, what was she doing with it? Right. Um, that's kind of creepy and weird. But uh, so then I started looking into her and I realized that, you know, she was a very respectable person in her field. She had some sort of an unraveling um, around, uh, you know, 2022, like right after kind of I had talked to, to Nam, I guess she disappeared. Um, so this person who'd been online and had an online footprint for several years and had been on many podcasts and published a lot of papers was gone. Like we have not been able to find her. We don't know where she went. Um, before she left, she was um, posting a lot of erratic stuff on Twitter uh, concerning stuff for someone with a security clearance uh, to say uh, stuff like um, that she was being basically harassed and not gang stalked, but like um, ganged up on by all of mm -hmm. these counterterrorism people and that they had stolen her work on accelerationism um, and that they had rebranded it, reframed it, presented it to Congress in a different way than she had, you know, intended. Um, and then they had ousted her from the community, kind of basically gaslit everybody and think she was crazy and just like excommunicated her, took her research, which was very important and reframed it. <laughs> which to me is like, oh, they did not want whatever that was getting out. So before that she had gone missing, she had been she had been spamming a Google Drive link, but it was not accessible because her Twitter account had been deleted. We were looking at the archives. Um, but we dug and dug and dug and we eventually were able to find a working link to this Google document, which was still up, um, still accessible. You can access it from Ken's article, actually. And that article was called The Origins of Accelerationism. Um, so accelerationism is like what we think of when we think of the skull masks and like the Patriot Front. And um, basically it's it's these people who are trying to pit everyone against each other to produce societal uprisings, civil uprisings, societal collapse, right? If you hear people like using these aesthetics and talking about the collapse, they're either accelerationists or they're just promoting that idea and aesthetic don't realize it because it's trendy. I think all this is happening a lot. People are not realizing that this is like the whole goal is to get people to be afraid and think that there's an impending civil war and think that things are going to collapse so that there's tension. Um, and I'm sure that you've heard of the strategy of tension, right? And, and uh, Operation Gladio um, and all of that's tied into this as well. Um, the strategy of tension is basically getting people afraid, making them think that society is going to collapse, there could be civil war, terrorists are everywhere, so that they're more dependent on the government or they're more accepting of the government overstepping their authority. Um, mm -hmm. And so when we found this document, we found out that she had been the person to, to coin the term accelerationism. I mean, she was the person who found out that this was happening. So she wasn't just somebody who just stepped in on the trend. No, she, she's the one who called it out. And she even says in there that she went to a government agency and pleaded with them to stop the lone wolf attacks. She says they're not lone wolf attacks. These people are being radicalized and indoctrinated by the this terrorist group. 
Um, they're decentralized and they don't, they're not right. They're not left. They're, they're the neo-fascist part is really an aesthetic. Um, but there she it's at the time she speculated it was Russia, but then she kind of backed back on that and said, I don't really know anymore. But basically she was trying to say that there, no, there's something way bigger going on here. Like, you know, this, these people who are doing this, um, they want the West to fall. They want the West to collapse. Um, and they're convincing people to commit terror attacks to do it because they want people to fight over gun control. That's why they're all using AR-15s. That's why they're picking the certain targets. That's why you're seeing a lot of trans shooters or, you know, they're, they're, they're picking, they're picking and choosing the shooter and the place and everything and planning it out so that people will fight over it at the max. That's what their intent is. And it's working beautifully as you can see, right? So when the Satanism stuff comes in, it's because when she chased down this network, what she she eventually backed out and said she wasn't sure if it was Russia anymore, because now what she was seeing was the satanic element. And she was starting to believe that this satanic neo-Nazi movement called Order of Nine Angles was actually the primary aggressor in this campaign. Um, if you look into the history of Order of Nine Angles, very interesting because the um, the founder uh, David Myatt was actually, uh, has been linked to Operation Gladio. I mean, he was basically a Cold War era spy. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And a lot of these Satanists were, because if you really, really look into the history of Satanism, what it's used for, mm -hmm. it's used by intelligence agencies to undermine, um, you know, movements to say, oh, they're linked to Satanism or to, um, to demonize them and be like, oh, they're real spooky and evil. Look at how scary, because everybody's scared of Satanism. Right? So they use it as like a something to ratchet the, the fear up. Um, and, you know, like the Aleister Crowley was an MI6 agent that was sent to infiltrate the Nazi movement. And he basically helped them form all of this weird occult, esoteric Hitlerism stuff that we're seeing now with the Black Sun. Um, and uh, a lot of people have speculated that that was intentional. They were trying to uh, reduce support for the Nazis. Uh, and, you know, what better way to do that than to go in there and turn half of them into Satanists so that the other half is like, what the hell's going on? I'm out, man. You know, um, they yeah. did the same thing with Adam Waffen, uh, which was a very uh, what we would mostly consider a, an accelerationist network. You know, they infiltrated Adam Waffen with Order of Nine Angles. Um, and, um, they basically split up the group because half the group was like, I'm not going to do this weird Satan shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we also know that the founder of the U S branch of the O9A, Joshua Sutter, um, we recently actually recently found out through, through court records, um, based on the Adam Waffen, uh, sting that he was been a paid FBI informant for something like 20 years. So he was a paid FBI informant when he started this group. Um, and there was a big, uh, you know, it didn't get a lot of press, but um, Congress did investigate, the DOJ did investigate the FBI because the FBI was found to have bankrolled his publishing company, which he used to push out all this pedophile, ritual murder, nasty propaganda that's been the basis of this group's organization. The entire time. So the thing was objectively a fed off objectively right <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah. um you know uh even some of the people who've been researching o9a for years there's a guy named jake hanrahan he's in the uk he came out and was like what the fuck fbi is like you're not doing your jobs if you're allowing this high-paid informant to push out this disgusting material 
right? You let your op get way out of control if that's the case, or maybe they had control the whole time, right? Um, But uh, so what we've seen is that, you know, there's been a couple of different um, terrorist organizations that have been infiltrated and brought down by Sutter um, because now we know what his usernames are. We can look for them in court records. We've identified them in the Adam Waffen records, um, the National Socialist Order. Uh, He was involved in that one, too. So, yeah, I mean, everybody knows this guy's a Fed. It's just like, what what are you doing here? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, And uh, now we're seeing them in the background of like the incels and stuff. They're provoking them to terrorism. Yeah, it is really weird. The And uh, I'm having someone on Zoom that, that explored this area a little bit more. But like when you do start digging deeper, seeing all the ties between like Satanism or Moloch worship or whatever fucking, you know, generally it's a catch-all term of Satanism and Fed stuff, it's weird. Like it really, it, you do see... You know, I believe what LeVay, I believe, had had connections. There was that other guy that has the, the pointy eyebrows. Everyone always points out. Oh, Aquino? yeah. Aquino, Aquino. Yeah. Aquino. yeah. Yeah. He was I, he was literally in the military. I think he was loosely associated with McMartin stuff. But it, it, it you know, the more you think about it, it makes sense on multiple levels. It gives you a good cover because it seems so bizarre. Because as soon as we start talking about Satanism, most people shut off because they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm, I come at this from, I'm not a, I'm not a, anyone knows follows my show knows I'm not religious. I'm an agnostic atheist. So like, (laughs) I mean, I'm not like immediately like these are literal Satan worshipers and this is, you know, but I think there are people, you know, that might believe that (laughs) and to what extent the interplay is with the feds, whether that's a useful thing, or maybe there is some deeper, darker religion of power behind the scenes. I don't fucking know. I don't know Uh, either, man. Because I can see it from both sides because it's yeah. like, you know, I even mean, if there is no real, you know, demonic entity, it's like the religion mm-hmm. serves its purpose by consolidating power. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's interesting you brought up Aquino because he's, um, you know, he's the basically the person who's um, mostly attributed to just uh, like uh, advancing the psychological warfare effort in the U.S., which expanded worldwide. Um, and at this point, everything's just a, a competing psyops. It's not just like the Satanists are psyop, like everyone's psyoping you all the time. Like there's the left is psyoping you, the right is psyoping you, there's think tanks, there's NGOs, and it's all a big fuck fest, right? But you mm. do have these, you know, the, the Aquino was, um, you know, spearheaded all of these influence operations. And again, he he relied, and he is actually the Setians, the Temple of Set, he actually does worship a physical manifestation of Satan. Um, but it doesn't matter because the whole, the, the point of it is deceive, manipulate, trick, influence, um, you know, and so now this has become like a commodity, like a, like a a goods that people want. They're like, yes, we want this organization that runs these big influence operations, you know? Um, but you know, what's funny, what you, what you said about, you know, these, these scary, spooky Satanist neo-Nazi guys is that. Like I was actually kind of wondering why they hadn't come out, couldn't said anything to me yet because they're right all on Twitter talking to each other all the time, really cringe. And it's re- like, it's really cringe. Like if you think of a movie where you've got these like cringe, like emo kids being like Hills, mm-hmm. you know, Vindex, like, you know, and they're doing all this really cringe shit from like, like reminds you of like the craft for that movie, the craft or something. Right. And you're like, Oh, this is like so cringy to, to witness. Right. So mm-hmm. I, one of them eventually kind of, I guess I got on his radar and he started to to tweet at me 
And I basically just bullied this person off the internet by calling him a fed over and over and over until he deactivated his account. <laughs> um, and I'm like, is this is, I was like, damn, I really thought it was going to get spooky. I thought it was going to look like scary. Like I was actually wondering like, what's going to happen? Like he just deactivated his account. Cause we all like a bunch of my followers jumped in. We all just started calling him fed and he just like deactivated his account. I was like, <laughs> ah, these guys aren't really that scary. You know what I mean? When you think about it, you're like, hmm. Uh, maybe they are all feds, right? Maybe there are, yeah. you know, because you had to wonder like how many people have they killed, right? They've been, now there were two followers of 09A who did, who killed two girls. Um, I think in like England and that was uh, like several years ago. Um, but really there hasn't really been any crime like directly attributed to the satanic cult, even though they make it seem like it's just super dangerous, but you know, uh, it's all hot air. It's not, they're not actually out there, you know, killing people under the name of this. However, they are behind the scenes trying to provoke other people to do it because that is, and, and even if you study the 09A literature, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, um, they're trying to um, radicalize what they call offers, which are basically like offerings. Like that's their form of sacrifice is finding a person who will do something evil for them. That's what they're trying to do. So these shooters are their opfers. These are these people who are, they've, they've convinced, they've tricked and deceived and manipulated them into going and committing this awful act. Um, and that's their, that's, that's what they do. That's their peak, uh, you know, like motive. Um, and so anybody who's seeing it as like a spooky satanic cult that's out there, like being spooky and satanic, like what are they really doing? Well, they're, they're in these chat rooms trying to convince kids to go on mass shootings. That's what they're doing. Um, mm. And I would, I've seen this with my own two eyes. So it's very hard for people to convince me otherwise, you know? Um, yeah. It really is kind of lame. If you look at the, the, the techniques of today to the techniques of yesteryear, <laughs> all the different ways that, uh, you know, cause you're reading program to kill and get the theory there is that, you know, like, uh, out of MK Ultra was born, you know, uh, you kind of like morphed in with Operation Phoenix. They kind of brought it home. They kind of utilized serial killers to their advantage, and there might be some spooky element to there. And they were doing some crazy shit. They were straight up murdering people in satanic fashion, and some of which may have been hits for the feds. And now we today we just have nerds hanging out in chat rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always on Twitter acting cringe, and then you call them yeah. feds, and they run away. It's like, oh, what's even happening now? They're not sending their best anymore, I guess. Which is get harder, certain, maybe. In, in a certain <laughs> sense, they're working on a larger stage, and in in some ways, probably moving things in different <laughs> ways. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of this reminds me of the whole Eliza Blue thing that came a while a while back. Uh, I've actually com almost completely forgot most of the details about that, and I know a lot of my audience was probably a lot of people reflexively immediately were like freaking out against. Uh, and, and that wasn't me. And I know that, that, that pissed off some people when that was going on. Uh, I never really gave my full take because I did know some more stuff behind the scenes. But it reminds me a lot, some of the weird numbers stuff and that shit, that re really reminded me. And I don't remember what of this stuff that I've talked about was not supposed to be repeated, so only speed and vagaries and not. I just remember behind the scenes there were groups of people. And I think there was, like, I vaguely recall some sort of symbology of some sort. So it reminds me of a lot of the stuff you're talking about with the 09A stuff. Yeah. And it seems to be there's maybe there's similarities. And I think there's some, there definitely was a darker aspect of that, like that, yeah. you know, this moved culture. Hard. 
Yeah. This one's so, hard for me because, yeah. you know, so like um, when I was doing, when I was exposing Twitch for the child predator thing, right when that Bloomberg article came out and everybody was tagging me on Twitter and freaking out because they're like, holy shit, you know, like she was not, she wasn't crazy after all. Here it is. Right. I got attacked on a smear campaign. Um, and it was very strange because there were fake accounts involved, people who were trying to provoke other people to attack me, um, people posing as me and doing stuff. Like it was very bizarre. There was a lot of strange stuff going on. Um, it was a while back. So you guys probably weren't like really on my radar yet, but um, yeah, it was actually pretty awful. And um, I had, I had to leave the internet for a little while because it was just, there was so much harassment. My YouTube channel got banned. My Twitter got banned. And like, people were just like coming at me from all angles. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, and so, you know, it was quite surprising when a couple of months later, another child advocate who had, um, you know, Eliza blue who had helped me behind the scenes during with the Twitch thing. So I know she's an advocate because she helped me when I was doing my thing, right? She was, she, she's a huge account compared to me, but she was very quick to respond and give me advice and kind of just give me encouragement, which was really meaningful to me, right? So I'm not going to dismiss like, oh, well, she did something in her past. Like, okay, well, she's still advocating for kids now. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> you know? Um, so, so what happened is like when I saw her start to get attacked and I started to see all this viral attention, which by now I know if there's viral attention of that level, there's somebody behind it. Okay. It's always a psyop. If something goes boom, really from zero to viral, you're seeing it everywhere. Like the Panama guy who shot the, the climate change guy, people, not, there weren't climate change people. They were people in Panama. The entire country was protest protesting the tyrannical government. Um, but that was a big psyop as well that was pushed out. And I have a video about that on my rumble. You can go watch it. Um, but again, it's just like when you see something go from zero to a hundred and there's memes everywhere, that's the MO of these guys. Uh, there are man, there are firms or companies who pay, I mean, like tens of thousands of dollars a, a week, $40,000 a week was, uh, was what one of these places were charging to put forth this kind of a disinformation campaign against somebody. So you got to really piss someone off. But at the same time, it got me wondering like, well, how I was advocating for kids and it happened to me. And now she's advocating because it's happening to her. So yeah, I took a peek behind the, uh, the curtain and you're right to have seen some spooky elements there because the ultimately a lot of the people who are in that group are again, dark occultists. They call themselves sorcerers. Okay. They're, mm. they're, um, they're trolls, professional trolls online. They operate bot farms. They put together elaborate um, storylines. They fabricate websites. They fabricate, they use deep fakes. I mean, it's actually so bizarre and crazy to even talk about. Yep. I, I've been scared away from talking about it for a while because I, I got too close and these people actually threatened me um, mm -hmm. because that, that I was like quick, shining a flashlight back there, you know? Yeah, this was the real story when this was all going down. Because I know, I feel like it all got lost in the noise. And it immediately, like, there was this effect where, you know, there's a societal thing where they were, like, almost trying to make people pick a side. Like, you were either pro-Eliza mm -hmm. or you were anti-Eliza or whatever. And, like, that was even kind of beside the point. Like, because especially because it was kind of like, I don't, I don't even remember confusing. the specific claims. It was confusing. Yeah. What, what are we even accusing? What yeah. are we mad at her for? Like, yeah. what that she, like... I guess that she maybe exaggerated some of her claims about being hoed around. I, I, I don't like, 
Yeah, Maybe. It was, it I don't weird. fucking know. Like, yeah, and I, I know. I mean, do, don't get me wrong. She didn't do herself any favors. I don't think with on social media because I know, like, for example, she was like trying to threatening to pursue legal action or some shit about people sharing videos of her ass shaking around. Which, like, yeah, but actually, I, a lot of that was actually. I mean, like, so she had maybe said some hmm. things, but she had basically stayed pretty quiet. But the thing yeah. is, is that they were coming out and saying she's copyright striking all of our channels. But what I figured out was that. Anyone can copyright strike yep. a channel. Anyone yep. can. And I realized that they're copyright striking themselves and these other yeah. people's channels and just and they're using an account that had her name and blaming it on her. So like yep. literally that's how far they're going and people aren't thinking past it, which was the most strange thing to me. I had this twilight zone. I know what you're talking about. This twilight zone feeling where everyone is like, why aren't you listening to us? Why aren't you believing us? And I'm like, why aren't you seeing what I'm seeing? How are you falling for this? It was so strange, dystopian, like you're in the yeah. twilight zone and everybody has turned into like this brain dead NPC drone and you're all alone. And um, I wasn't all alone. There were a few other people who picked up on this. We're all in like group chats together, like panicking, like what the hell is happening, right? Yeah. We yeah, no, but people and you know, yeah, one of I was the, gonna, the creating the websites was what I was getting honing in there. Cause I remember I was reading one of Shane Cashman's article on it. And yeah. He was literally, I believe he was showing examples of like, and yeah, here's this thing. And I remember the news, I guess I say news cycle, but it was the Twitter cycle of people starting fake drama. And there would be so many like, oh, here's this new piece of drama. And, but then I, or whatever. And it'd be based on some falsehood. And don't get me wrong. Maybe some yeah. truths were in there as well, but you get lost in this fog. Yeah. Of, all this information swirling around and we're arguing that's about this point that seems to be beside the point. The point is that this is even happening at all. Yeah. Like what? Who's what doing is, this? Yeah. Who paid to have this yeah. child advocate yeeted off the internet is what you should be asking. Who is that yeah. person who wants to shut this person up? Absolutely. And you know, about the website and the Shane Cashman story, you know, um, yours truly there, uh, was behind the scenes with that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it, I didn't want my, I didn't want to be cited, but he cited me anyways. Yeah. And it ended up having to cause me to bug out. And that's what ended up getting me in trouble. But, um, cause I'd been, you know, what the first thing I did was I noticed the person who had been put it, putting this out, like, who's the accuser here. And then I go to this guy's page and I'm like, this guy claims to be Q. And, and I'm not even kidding. Like he's been in documentaries as listed yeah. as possibly the person behind Q. Um, and I'm like, and he's all in all these weird cringe YouTube videos, basically just like making fun of everybody for falling for it. Oh, dumb right wing. I'm like, why are y'all listening to this guy? You know? And I figured that like some of these influencers had to be getting paid, like, because I would go, I went to them personally and was like, what's happening here? And they were just like, kind of trying to like shut me up or placate me. And I'm like, no, like I start to realize that a lot of these people are bought and paid for. A lot of these people that you see online a lot, they really are bought and paid for. I mean that sincerely. Yeah, there, there were definitely a lot of people, even some of the bigger ones that were just, and I can kind of understand the intuition because like, I mean, anyone knows my show, my other show is Tower Gang. We're known for being, being like offensive comedy and we're known for some of our antics and fucking with people online who come at us and shit. And so like, I understand the impulse that a lot of people felt to there. And I like, I don't get me wrong. I immediately kind of was like, I could understand from an internet culture perspective, how like, this is a fun, like pylon, like this is easy. Here's some chick mm -hmm. who shaked her ass around. If you don't know the story, some chick who's a child advocate oh, though. I... Like, what are you, what are you doing? Exactly. Who's going to replace her? You know? 
yeah so it, yeah the, the point is i knew like more of the story so i understand too people see you know and there were some claims that were swirling around where she did kind of have i remember she had a sloppy definition at one point of what she thought trafficking was but whatever this is all like just kind of like nonsense stuff people i thought were like kind of jumping on and like because so then people were pointing to that to like maybe she wasn't really you know an escort i don't fucking know i don't care if she's child advocating now yeah. it's kind of yeah. beside the point i mean she, she helped me personally so i felt yeah, like so. i kind of owed it to her and also owed it to everybody else to be yeah. like hey like i mean she really did help me out when i was producing this major story that actually changed the way twitch operated you know mm. probably for the worst but they deserved it and i don't care <laughs> okay um you know and uh you know, what you were saying about, um, you know, these people just kind of piling on that's, that's, I think that a lot of them were just doing it for the cloud and because it's the trending yeah. topic and they, and the, these people who are behind this stuff, they know that that's how people operate because mm -hmm. they are psychologists. They are, they, they study, they don't study the internet. They don't study politics. They study the human mind, right? They, they study how people behave and they they work at like IARPA think tanks. Some of them, were like the guy who was behind it was like worked for IARPA at a think tank, which is basically where they do these information, disinformation simulations, right? Where they mm -hmm. figure out all this stuff. So this, these guys are heavy hitters. And, um, I, uh, yeah, it was just very, very, very strange. And when I started to kind of talk about it, yeah, like you said, I was basically outcasted. Like, why is she so stupid? Why isn't she like dogpiling it like everybody else? And I'm just like, you know, what is happening here? But you notice that one person who didn't pile on was Tim Pool. Um, and what's funny is that, um, you know, I can't say too much. I can't say too much about like what happened right now, but one day I'll write a book, I promise. Um, but, uh, you okay. know, maybe, maybe. you know, but yeah. So what this one, is, one day ahead. he said, um, what did he say? He was like, like somebody had just pushed him enough on, on super chats to be like, why are you talking about it? Why are you talking about it? And he had this like little mini meltdown where he was like, oh, fucking reputation management firms and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, dude, Tim Pool's gone crazy. He's lost it. Right. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, yeah, no, he knows. He knows exactly what's going on, yep. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Like, I mean, you were talking about talking to Shane and like they, they keep their circle fairly small there. And so, I, you know, I definitely was talking to, you know, Shane, I, you know, not not like I was getting a ton of background information, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can definitely talk more after because I, yeah. I, I forget there's it's such an old topic and I forget yeah. what stuff was. Said I mean, Shane's a good guy. I think he was yeah. really operating in good faith and I did oh, help yeah. him get a lot, some of the information, but the stuff that I can talk to offline, but the stuff that happened went so far beyond what I've described here as yeah the in, most insane thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Like I got a glimpse behind the curtain at like how like you, it would be a relief to find out that the deep state existed. It was all the globalists pulling strings. Like, cause what's behind the curtain is actually so much fucking weirder, dude. It's so oh, yeah. weird. Like it's just a bunch of nerds trolling the internet and um, you know, political parties being, it's crazy, dude. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Weird stuff. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, if you want to tell people where they can find you, we'll get out of here, and I'm sure we'll do this again some other time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got yeah tons of time, so just let me know. Um, always down for podcasts or whatever, even just if it's like a bunch of people just shooting the shit. Um, it's bx uh, bx underscore on underscore x on Twitter. 
Um, you can find me most of my stuff there. My bio link has like all my other stuff. I do art, you know, I, I'm, I started to do art because I needed a way to like, it was like a therapy for me to try to like yeah. decompress from everything. and need to like get my right brain flowing and try to just relax. So, um, that's what I mostly do on Twitch. I also have a rumble channel of BX on rumble with just like no spaces or anything, just BX on rumble. Um, and I'm trying to commit to uploading more there this year. Um, I know people want to see that from me. It's just that I spend a lot of time researching and I don't ever have the time to actually produce content. So well, that works perfectly for me. So when you have research, come to me and I'll steal that content. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah. I'm not here to be famous or like yeah. to, to be like a huge, I've, I've already basically decided that I wanted, I mean, I even changed my name recently because I just wanted to have less of an audience, which sounds stupid, but like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, but if you guys want to make me famous, if you want to help <laughs> expand this operation, you can support me at patreon.com. It's no way Jose 2020. Uh, I'm just kidding. If I could just get to a point where I could do this part-time, that'd be fucking nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you guys want to support my uh, stuff, you can find me on YouTube, all the major odd pocketers, uh, rumble as well. Follow me on Twitter at targeting Jose, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And with that, we are out. Stick around. We'll, we'll, we'll gossip uh, after this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well...